أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول كريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Child loss in Islam Child loss, I mean even the language uh, is difficult uh, because in English um, it only accounts for the for the dunya or the the aspect that pertains to the world so when you look at the dunya uh, on the worldly perspective there is a loss right it's a loss of a child but when you look at it from the perspective to the other world to the akhirah to the afterlife all what you are receiving is gain uh, and profit and benefit and there is no loss there is only gain and win and enrichment and promise and goodness. And um, in the 17th letter, that is a condolence letter um, written on the occasion of the death of a child, uh, we see a lot of the, the, the beautiful attitude of Muslims reflected, of devout Muslims. And I mentioned last time that um, the treatise by Imam Suyuti radiallahu an, uh, who himself uh, had um, written a treatise on the virtue of being steadfast when your child dies. And his daughter died, his son died. And last time I mm, mistakenly said that he lived in the 10th century. Actually, he lived in the 15th century. Uh, Imam Suyuti radiallahu an, and I was reading uh, the book that he had written about uh, the death of a child, um, and he comes to to this, of course, as from the perspective as a parent, as a Muslim parent, and um, it was really providing me uh, a lot of comfort and healing and solace, and. Um, I found it very uplifting, and it's it's a tiny book that I inshallah will reference um, and provide the link inshallah so people can go back and read. Or even if you hear in your own circle somebody's uh, child died, then it would be also um, a beautiful gesture to gift uh, this this tiny book. And it's it's, a, it's essentially what it is. It's a collection of the ahadith of the narrations of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam peace and blessings upon him how he talked about the death of children and so imam suyuti simply compiled all these beautiful narration and just reading them on a frequent basis provides so much comfort and healing and offers some solace to um, the parents and again, in in the English language, we talked about bereavement and bereaved parent or bereaved mother or bereaved father. And bereaved, actually, when you look at the English meaning, it means somebody who has robbed you from something, somebody who has robbed your child. And so we know that, for example, that is not... Uh, an, an appropriate term to describe that experience from uh, a Muslim perspective. You are not bereft of something, not, not 
anybody didn't come and stole your child or robbed your child. So we need to be mindful of even how language does not capture our full theology and our full beliefs about uh, the death of our beloved children and that we need to be mindful that language expresses who we are and how we feel. And I try to avoid to say I'm a bereaved mother. I mean, it's it's not that I feel that I've been robbed of something or somebody stole something from me because my deep conviction is that this beautiful child returned to Allah, to uh, his creator, his owner, his um, uh, maker, and he is the one who can decide uh, when to call his servants back. He has only absolute control and absolute authority over life and death. This is what we have as Muslims affirm. And whatever his will is, is beautiful and good, even though we might not always understand the reasons or the wisdom behind it. We surrender. We surrender ourselves into his loving and compassionate hands, into his wise and all-knowing um, uh, will. And and we trust. We trust. We have full tawakkul and conviction that all of our Lord's decrees are beautiful, that it, we believe in taqdeer and this is not something that we, um, you know, that we deny. So I would like to just emphasize that. And what I found beautiful about this tradition of writing condolence letters or treatises like Imam Suyuti radiallahu an did is um, that uh, he also writes as a father, as a man, and how they, our male scholars honored parenthood and motherhood and uh, had no reservation talking about these type of experiences and expressing their own grief and they're expressing their own sadness. And just in his book, uh, I found a reference of maybe 15 or 20 other treatises that were written by other male scholars, Muslim male scholars, on the occasion of the death of a child. And I was really moved by that and touched by that because oftentimes there is this cultural perception that men should not express grief or express sadness there. But then you see that in our tradition and throughout Islamic history, you had these wonderful scholars who were writing these treatises and and really expressing their sadness and sorrow. And so that really spoke to me and I found that profoundly moving and also wanted to just mention that. And this is an ideal of Islamic manhood, a sacred ideal of uh, being a human, right? That you need to affirm all your emotions and all your feelings and uh, that there's room for all these experiences and they should not be denied, they should be felt. And many of them articulated them through expressive writing, which in itself is healing, as we know by now, that writing uh, about your feelings, about your emotional world is deeply healing and minimizes actually, lessens or softens the pain.
So there's a lot that we can take away from that tradition. And I wanted to just highlight that once more. And this is in the third point, we continue our reflection on how one is invited to think when some when your when your child dies, basically from an Islamic and Quranic perspective and outlook. So the third point, the child who died was a creature, possession, servant, and with all his members, the artifact of the most compassionate, the most compassionate creator. The child belonged to him and was a friend of his parents, but temporarily under their supervision. The creator made the parents the child's servants. In return for their services, he gave them pleasurable compassion as an immediate wage. Now, if as a requirement of mercy and wisdom, the compassionate creator who owns 999 shares of the child out of a thousand takes the child from you and puts an end to your service, to cry out in grief and despair due to that apparent single share in the face of the true owner of the thousand shares in a way that in fierce complaint does not befit a believer. It befits rather the people of neglect and misguidance. So very important truth-telling moment here, which especially as a parent, as a mother, I need to tell myself constantly that I cannot make ultimate claim on my children. They do not belong to me. They do not belong to me. I do not own anything. Um, and that they are the uh, the creation of their most compassionate creator. I did not make my children. I did not create my children. They fully and entirely with all their members of their bodies, their emotions and feelings belong completely and absolutely to him, to Allah alone, who created them out of nothingness and blessed, blessed me with their um with their love and their compassion. So that's very important words of truth that I as a mother need to tell myself constantly, my ego, my nefs, which always falls into forgetfulness, our lower egos, one of the major sins or major flaw major um major, what do you say, major flaws in, in, in our being is that we tend to forget. We tend to forget and be neglectful that we do not own anything. We cannot claim ownership on anything. Uh, my life and my body, my wealth and my property, my health and my youth, my children do not belong to me. And this is something that our lower ego, our lower self does not want to hear. We want to claim everything. We want to claim ownership on everything. It's my life and my body and my brain and my heart and my feelings and my child. And it is because of that delusional um, idea that we become, of course, we create more pain onto ourselves. But if we, if we trust and if we reaffirm that our children belong to Allah, that they are 
a trust from Allah, an amana from Allah, and were given to us temporarily. And we do not know how much time we have with them. We don't know how much time we have with them. Just last week, two days ago, in Charlottesville, uh, three children were drowning while they were attending a Muslim camp um, in Charlottesville, Virginia, a very small Muslim community in Charlottesville. They were all going for a, a family camping trip, and the youngest child went into the water, into the river to swim, and the two other siblings were trying to save each other. And subhanAllah, all three of them drowned at once. May Allah grant them the, the highest maqam, the highest degree in paradise. But what kind of what kind of test, what kind of trial that is? The youngest was 10. The, the middle child was, I think, 13 or 14. And the oldest was 19 years old. All of them, three, subhanAllah, they lived together. And they sacrificed their lives for each other. And they died together. May Allah grant the parents the highest degree in Jannah. May they find comfort in the promise of our Lord of beautiful, joyous, eternal reunion. They are in our prayers. And all parents who are hurting and going through these major trials, it's the greatest test of faith, subhanAllah. May Allah do not uh, test anybody with that. To witness the death of your own child is more painful than any other kind of trial. And so we do not know how long we have with our children. We don't know how much time is given to us. But we have to accept when Allah calls them back for Requirements of his mercy and wisdom. This is really important as it's stated here. Because of his rahmah and his hikmah, because of his mercy and wisdom, he called them back. And we do not know what, what the wisdoms are for their early death. But we do know that they entirely and fully and completely were created by him and they returned to him and they are owned by him. And so it's a very uh, hard realization. It's a very hard truth to reaffirm that they did not belong to me. I was only their servant for a while, but now my time has ended. And I, I try to be content with that Allah's decree that my time of service has ended for that child. And so for those of us who are parents, to be fully aware that our children are trusts from Allah, that their feelings, their desires, their skills and faculties, their wishes and dreams, that they were created according to a certain fitra, they have certain inclinations, and that we respect that because Allah created them with a certain personality and they might want to venture and study certain things or acquire certain skills and and 
and so it's really important to um to to realize that right i mean uh that they fully belong um to him and not to us and so and uh, as we raise our children to say ya allah i respect your creation i honor the way you have created my children and i try my best to raise them in a way that is pleasing to you that honors your name to raise them in a way that honors uh you first right and uh do not raise my child according to some societal pressure or family pressure or some kind of expectations from the outside so this is a hard truth for the believer that to affirm that our children do not belong to us that they belong to their creator that i had no influence and no say in their creation i had no say and it was a tiny cause in their bringing uh, they they are coming into this world and this life and i'm also a tiny cause in their departure from this life so the attitude and conduct of a believer is one of trust in allah's mercy and wisdom fully trust and fully um uh, affirming that allah has the best interests at heart for my children because he is the one who created them so beautifully and also um to to not complain to to complain to allah <clears throat> about our weaknesses and our uh, lack of strength when we are faced with such trials to constantly ask him for guidance and light and hope and healing and patience in this very 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 a heavy trial and i'm really i'm the best example i'm here now almost 10 months after the death of my beautiful daughter and i'm walking around with a very heavy heart with a constant heartache and pain which is uh, impossible to describe uh, but i also don't want it to go away there is a beautiful longing and yearning uh, that has made me more whole um but that sorrow and sadness that has made me a better human being i think or shapes me into a better human being i hope but it's something also that i i acknowledge it's a very painful road a very painful trial and there's constant sadness and constant um tears but i also come to accept that this is now part of my life and my journey and i think when you come into and grow into that acceptance it softens the pain and with allah's mercy and strength and by the grace of allah you have the ability to carry on and take it one day or even 5 minutes at a time and alhamdulillah um even uh, the, the the greatest trial that you thought you will never be able to survive you, you somehow still stand and you function and you carry on and so this is this is the mercy and the compassion and the strength and um the beauty of our lord that when we are faced with trials that he also shower, showers you with the ability equips you with the ability to endure and uh, to carry that um that weight 
سبحانك لا إيمان لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وآخر دعوان الحمد لله رب العالمين